This is the My Child Will Thrive podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Today, I want to dive into a topic that everybody usually sort of glosses over. And the reason for that is because it seems so simple. But in the end, it could be a barrier to all the other things you're trying to do with your child to help them feel better and be healthier. And what that one thing is, is hydration and how much fluids or water and mineral, properly mineralized water they're getting in their diet every day. Now, before you tune out, give me a few minutes of your time just to, to go over some of the reasons why this is so important. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because a lot of times when uh, people are having difficulties with their, they're doing what they think are all the right things with their child. And when we have that conversation around how much their their child is hydrating every day, which can be a struggle for a lot of us with our kids, it turns out that they really aren't able to get appropriate amounts of water in. And that really can um, both harm and also um, make all the other interventions you're doing that much more difficult to work. So if you stick with me just for a few minutes today, I'm gonna make this a quick, quick episode to go over why appropriate or sufficient hydration is essential to support optimal health and in our kids optimal healing and what that role of water is in the body and what the impact of it is how and where water is absorbed through the body and the importance of water quality and what that impacts how much water your child should be drinking and the sources of water in their diet and uh, just a few free tools that I have in the My Child Will Thrive resource library that can help you monitor your child's intake and another couple other tools I've been trying out and like as well. So hang in there with me for a few minutes and we'll just go over this really important um, but often overlooked aspect of our child's treatment protocols. So we all know that we need to drink water, but understanding why it's important to understand, it is about understanding how hydration impacts our children's progress. So the first thing we want to do is understand what the role of water is in the body and it has many roles. So I'm going to list them out just really briefly. I won't go into detail in them, but um, the first one, it improves oxygen delivery to the cells. It transports nutrients. It enables cellular hydration, which you probably have learned a lot about things like mitochondrial health and cell wall integrity and this plays a really important role in the cellular um, obviously having enough water 
It plays an important role in all of that. It moistens oxygen for easier breathing. It has a role in cushioning bones and joints and absorbs shocks to organs, so being properly hydrated does. It helps in the regulation of body temperature, which our kids sometimes struggle with. It removes waste, so this is really important um, part of our detox system, which in turn flushes the, helps flush toxins as well. It prevents tissues from sticking, lubricates joints, and another one really important to our kids is it improves cell-to-cell -cell communications. It also helps maintain the normal electrical properties of cells and supports the body's natural healing process. So we also want to look at where we absorb water in the body. So the total volume of fluids ingested or secreted into the GI tract in an adult is typically 9.3 liters or close to 10 quarts. Most of that water flows through the GI tract and absorbed via osmosis via the small intestine. The remainder is excreted in feces and uh, the impact of that hydration has on constipation. So when someone tells me their child is constipated, the very first thing we talk about is hydration. Are they getting enough water? Are they getting appropriate type of water, quality of water, and um, and how that's impacting their, their constipation because that's usually a massive contributing factor. And then um, some of our kids go through both constipation and diarrhea because they have so many gut issues. So it also, uh, obviously, when you, you, your child has diarrhea, they are excreting way too much water through their feces and um, it, it dehydrates them. And we also are looking at the proper balance of electrolytes that they need for absorption. So when I talked about good quality water, I'm talking about obviously filtered in terms of toxin-free, but also that it's properly mineralized water. And the reason for that, minerals or electrolytes have four general functions. They control the osmosis of water between different fluid compartments in the body and um, they help maintain the body's pH balance. They help with the carrying of the electrical current that we talked about just before. And they serve as cofactors needed for optimal activity of enzymes. So getting that properly mineralized water has a major impact throughout the body. Now, just so to give you an idea of whether or not maybe your child has an issue with dehydration, I'm just going to go through some of the signs of dehydration so and, and what that can impact. So just a decrease in 2% of water will cause fatigue. So those are our kids that seem lethargic all the time and we think have mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, they also may be just slightly dehydrated. So that's the, one of the first places to look and one of the easiest things to do. A drop in 10% will cause more significant health problems such as it could be the root cause of their digestive dysfunction, immune dysregulation, cardiovascular issues, and musculoskeletal issues. More than 10% of a, of a dehydration is life-threatening. So obviously that we never wanna get there. But one of the things you can do is look for early signs of dehydration you may notice in your child. And they can show up as things like fatigue, anxiety, irritability, depression, cravings, cramps, and headaches. So 
these are often symptoms we have in our children and we're looking for bigger issues. But sometimes one of those issues can just be proper hydration. What are considered mature signs of dehydration when a child has been dehydrated for a longer period of time, um, that contributes to heartburn, joint pain, back pain, constipation, which we talked about before, migraines, colitis, fibromyalgia, and asthma and allergies. So again, we see a number of things in there that, that are, are um, things that our children struggle with in that list of mature signs of dehydration. So before we get into all the other complicated solutions or more complex solutions, the very first thing we wanna do is make sure our children are properly hydrated. So where, what are the daily sources of water um, for your body or your child's body? Well, the body can produce about 8% of its daily water needs through metabolic processes alone but the remaining 92% we need to get through drinking and food sources. So, and part of that hydration, as I've talked about before, is the water quality. We want to make sure that the water that our children are drinking and we are drinking is both toxic and free and mineralized. Now, when I talk about toxic and free, I'm talking about natural spring water or potentially filtered water, which could be distilled or um, done through reverse osmosis filters or charcoal and other filters. And there's a myriad of choices and, and um, options there. And it really depends on where your tap water is coming from. So you have to sort of investigate those separately. But when the other op option or aspect really is not just toxic and free, but that has to be properly mineralized. So spring water is typically naturally mineralized on its own, and that's why it's the best in its natural state. Filter water, in particular like reverse osmosis and a number of other fills, needs to be re-mineralized because not only are we taking out the toxicants, we're also taking out the minerals when we um, distill or uh, reverse osmosis our water. And we can remineralize it really simply by putting a dash of real sea salt um, in our water, or you can also purchase tra trace mineral drops so you can make sure that you're getting the right proportion of uh, trace minerals in your water, and you can just add those back in. I'll make sure to put links in the show notes to some options uh, in terms of buying those. Water quantity is also obviously really important. So how much water do we really need to be have our children drinking each day and where do they get that water from? Um, they're gonna get it through obviously just straight drinking water. There are also water dense foods and then there's things we want to avoid which are foods and in particular drinks that are diuretics. In other words, they actually um, dehydrate the body as opposed to hydrate the body. So. In terms of general recommendations for drinking water, it's about half your child's body weight um, in pounds in ounces per day. So for example, if a child weighs 50 pounds, they should drink approximately 25 ounces of water a day. Keep in mind, these are general guidelines. So you're going to watch for those signs and symptoms of um, early dehydration. It also takes a while. You can't just rehydrate in a day. It takes a while to get properly hydrated over time. 
So just because they've done it, had the, the drinking, the drinks the one day, but they didn't four other days, you're going to want to take time to build back up to proper hydration levels. And you're going to notice too that they're going to actually need to urinate more at when you first start increasing their water intake. It, that should level out over time. And in terms of um, diuretics, the so uh, sorry. There, there's also water dense foods. So I think we know a lot of those. Those tend to be things like watermelon or big leafy greens and everything else that is um, does really well and is very juicy in terms of the water content. And obviously, they're raw raw foods where the water hasn't been um, cooked out of it. In terms of diuretics that you want to avoid, believe it or not, juice is one of one that's a big culprit. In addition to um, coffee and tea that and caffeine of any kind, and of course, you know, as always, we want our children to avoid drinking um, soda or pop for many different reasons. But another one being that they tend to be diuretics. So there's lots of tools you can use to help monitor your child's hydration levels. Um, in the My Child Will Thrive free resource library, we have um, a food, sleep, mood, and poop journal, which also includes tracking um, what they're drinking as well. And uh, what I like to do is combine that with the um, biomedical and nutritional therapy tracker, which on that I specifically, it's just a one page sheet that says all the different things that we're doing to intervene with our kids right now. And one of them is highlighting the importance of how much water you want to make sure that they're drinking every day so that, that everybody in the household knows that this is a priority. It's not just an afterthought. You can find those tools in the free um, resource library, which I'll make sure is linked in the show notes as well. Now, there are, are apps you can use also to track these things. Um, one of the apps that I like is Birdhouse for Autism. It's a fantastic app that um, allows you to track many, many different things, uh, much more than water. Um, there's also a water trapping, a tracking app um, like Waterminder, and that one can, can both track it and also um, remind you to, to drink water. Obviously, that's not necessarily the best tool for our children because we don't want them having devices on them all the time to remind them um, to drink. But if that works for your child, then that's what you do because obviously it's all about priorities. Um, a really inexpensive tri trick that I sometimes use is every, every time they fill up their water bottle, put a rubber band around it. So every, that means that you can count the number of rubber bands in that day and you can have your child have a goal of the number of rubber bands they need to have on their water bottle by the end of the day. Um, and you can just leave those by the tap where they fill up their, their water bottle. And um, so that, that's an easy way to track how much uh, water they're drinking. And then there's a new um, tool that I've been trying. It's called the Ula. And it actually is a rubber band with a little um, device on it that flashes. And what it does is it flashes um, if you haven't taken a sip from your water bottle in a while. It's not Bluetooth. It doesn't have an app to go with it. It's a very simple device. Um, so it, it's, it is kind of great. Kind of, yeah, some of them are really cute and they have little sayings on them. And um, so the kids kind of, they like them. And it's just something a little bit different that might get them a little bit more excited um, about doing it and helping them remind them also to take sips, just gentle sips of water throughout the day as opposed to guzzling it in order to meet their requirements. 
So I hope this has given you a, sort of an overview of why hydration is so important um, and understanding that this can be the, it could be one of the keys to um, optimizing all the other things that you're doing. There was a book that was written by a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Behet Ngaldi called The Many Cries of water, for Water. And it, he was a, um, a, a doctor that was imprisoned in a, a prison in Iran for many years and he had no tools to help his patients in the prison that he treated while he was in prison there uh, because uh, he wasn't given any. And the, so the only one that he had was actually hydration and using water. And he documented how many ailments he was able to relieve just by ensuring that his patients were properly hydrated when he had no other tools available. So it's a great example of the power of hydration, the importance of hydration, and why we as parents need to make sure that our kids are properly hydrated um, because it will without a doubt, improve their health and also improve the efficacy of everything else that you're doing with your child uh, to help them feel better, be healthier and recover. Again, I encourage you to dive into the My Child Will Thrive Research Library and uh, grab the free tools that are in there. And um, let me know what your thoughts are on, on this and maybe tell me some of the tricks and tips that you use to keep your child hydrated throughout the day. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I want to share with you the free tools I've created to help you on your journey. So head to mychildwillthrive.com forward slash library to get free access now. And as they say, it takes a village. Join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mychildwillthrive.com.